Shut up and sit down. I have come here to defeat you. Oh, well, there's strikes two and three right there. Mic check. Check, check, check. How now, brown cow? Here we go. You are listening to The Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Tip of the day. You cannot get to the top by sitting on your bottom. Now, go enjoy the podcast. Tell a friend to listen to our show. And give me, not those other chumps, a solid review. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top 10. Did I leave the stove on? Hi, welcome to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von Dering, and I am here with Lance Hepler. No pants, Lance Romance in the house. Oh my gosh. I've got the full on giggles. I am in studio. What what is this? What are are you drinking? Is there some caffeine or something in this that's making you giggle or what? I don't know. Sugar. This is a bad start for dry, sparkling (laughs) vanilla. No pants, Lance. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, and to his right, Evan Price. So I was going to switch up the how's it going, and I was going to say, what are we drinking today, boys? Oh, sorry. But Matt just stole my thunder. <laughs> what so you I sipping? Have, I have no intro sipping? now. What okay. you sipping? For the That's record, I'm going to use that next time. Okay, so nobody better do that. <laughs> sorry, blew it. All right, Matt, go ahead. <laughs> What's up, people of the internet? How are you guys doing? Hold on, hold on. Whoa, Is that rewind, rewind, rewind. Do that again. <laughs> and to his right, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Very good. Not pretty bad. good. Yeah, Not pretty too good. Bad. A little giggly. We cannot screw that one <laughs> That's up. That's true. A little bubbly. A little bubbly today. <laughs> That's too good. All right, let's jump into things. Backpedal for us. Evan Price, as you're taking a drink of your... Perfect timing. ...little... Was that vanilla Clearing sparkling? Dry sparkling from New Seasons. Yeah, it's oh, really good okay. stuff. Yeah, I like it. Vanilla flavored. Very good. Back pedal force, bud. How's your week? Uh, well, you know, there there was some forward pedaling, and then there was some stopping, and then there was some sliding, <laughs> and then no back pedaling. But <laughs> um, so we had, as I'm sure everybody's going to talk about, we had the Jack Frost time trial uh, on Sunday this last weekend. Great weather. Well, okay, mostly great. It, it was cold in the morning, but warmed up by the time we all started. Uh, everybody had a good race except for me, which is okay. But, um, went pretty hard out the first half and was feeling great. There's a turnaround. Were you on your time trial bike? Uh, yeah, I was on the time trial bike with no aero gear. I didn't have, you know, I, I don't have my race wheels Got yet it. all yeah. set and ready to go. So it was time trial bike, no aero gear, but just wanted to get a good hard effort. Do you, in. Did you see your split, your half split? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did get it down. What? Uh, 1630. 1630. Yeah. Okay. So I, my legs felt great coming <laughs> into the turnaround just prior to the turnaround. Legs felt great. But, um, there was that gravel patch, maybe what, like good two, 300 meters, maybe away from the turnaround after the turnaround before, before the turn- well, technically before and after the turnaround. Yeah. But <laughs> I hit it before the turnaround, obviously. Mm-hmm. And as we're coming into the turnaround, my front starts feeling a little soft Uh-oh. and uh, hindsight being 2020 and that five second split i should have said all right just pull over to the side here yeah. <laughs> i decided to think maybe that's because i just hit gravel should be fine 
dipped the front end down immediately slid out going into the turn so did you flat yeah your front wheel flat yes then you took a hard corner and you just slid straight out evan i have the vancouver lake is cursed for you you know I think it's just got to be user error at this point. I've got to just be like finding sharp objects and just running directly over them. Why don't we get you some gator skins for your next? There you go. Well, they they were continentals. They're great tires. Which ones are clearly not four thousands? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but were they from ten years ago, Evan? (laughs) No, these. This one. This one was actually much much newer because I just put it on this this year. It's only six months old, maybe. But yeah. But you're doing like hundred miles on the trainer. Yeah. So I'm sure those Contis are just getting spun. To, <laughs> that's right. Well, you can no, but see but the tube, right? It was it was the front. It was the front, though. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've got I've got no excuses. We're I'm just gonna write it down to user error somehow with this yeah, flat. No, but it's tough. Um, so you crashed on the time trial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got a nice shiner on my hip and elbow. Um, I'm fine. Not nothing like too bad outside. Just I'm being sure s- you still like ran afterwards or oh, swam. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then I, as soon as I got home, I I kind of had to make a decision. I was like, all right, do we go and ride hard? I'm not sure how sore I am. So I jumped on my road bike and went and hammered the Vancouver Hustle okay. Loop a couple <laughs> times and then went and did hill repeats. Oh boy. I'll tell you what, I really like training angry. I train angry very, very well. So I after, after the bike ride, you wrote, you, you did a little run with me and it was easy. You yeah. chilled out, which was nice. Yeah. I thought he <laughs> was, was going to, I was like, he'll run with me for a minute or two. But that Matt was, was Matt was my nice little like yoga, you know, session right afterwards. Yeah. He was calming, very calming calming. words. Yeah. Calming words. I wasn't too frustrated with it though after. I'm not, I'm not, you know, Good for you, I was just happy that like, there were some people who went really strong that I was happy to see one, obviously now Jake will talk about his race. I was still incredibly impressed with Jake numbers, regardless of what he's going to say about his own race. I was very happy to see Matt out there just racing I again. I rode, I rode the bike. It was good. Yeah. yeah. I was happy to see Scott Macbeth put an awesome time yeah. down out there. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, he was put slower a, than last year. Yeah. He was, he's just fast. He is. His he is. Are just fast. Yeah. Guy, guy came from track cycling too. So I think that's where he's just did got he? great power on the bike. Yeah. But, um, some other really, really good times out there and in, in the Eddie class too. A lot of dialed guys killing the Eddie class. Yeah. Chris Hannell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Chris had a great, great. one. Chris Hannell. Um, Chris Surratt had a great race too. Yeah. 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 Um, cat threes yeah 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 there, there there were some guys really killing it out there sean martin had another good effort out there which was good sean martin does really well at vancouver lake alan plank had a yeah. great race yeah alan had an How awesome about race sean martin's son nels yeah yeah he went faster than yeah. his dad <laughs> uh-oh i know <laughs> i know well yeah. okay so there's there were arrow bars and things yeah but still but still that's awesome for nels it, oh yeah nels, nels is, is a little nels guy is awesome. and yeah. that is not a little guy's course that is no. that is a that's big quad course right there, and yeah. Nels is a little guy, so that's awesome. Nels is a climber for yeah. sure, but, yeah. but he, you know, fantastic. He's into it. It's just scaring us old people. I mean, we did slap some arrow <laughs> bars on his bike, or he yeah. did, and then yeah. um, loaned him an arrow helmet and got him mm-hmm. a skin suit that he could wear as well. And he's been training on the trainer on the the arrow bars to mm-hmm. get acclimated to the position. So he's done the work, and he went out and he crushed it. Yeah. It was freaking awesome. We got a we got a little all rounder developing Is he there. Fifteen, fifteen years old. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. He we did great. Definitely have a good all rounder there. He developing. won his yeah. fourteen, fifteen age group or something. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's race 15, age by sixteen by age a couple group. minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. he crushed yeah. it. Yeah, so. yeah. And Cassie uh, raced. Yeah, she did. Yep, beat yeah. her time from last year too. That's awesome. That, that cool. is yep. fantastic. She was able to hold the arrow position for basically the whole thing. Yeah, thirty six and change, I think. Fast. Yeah, and she was able to hold the arrow position the whole time, which was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Tiger Westerfield had a great run. Yeah. He almost 
cracked 30 minutes. He almost cracked 30 minutes. Oh 30 God. minutes and seven seconds. Oh, oh my gosh, he beat me by one second. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, oh boy. Do you know how deep they score? Because I know in, they have like a great... 15. Okay. 15. 15? Yeah, 15th place gets one point. Okay, gotcha. So if you want me to elaborate on that real quick here, just real quick. I, the team this year, we took mm-hmm. out... I want to say it was about 15 less people than we did last year. Okay. Yeah. And last it year we like we had last year. Less. Yeah. Last year we had a great showing. We had a lot of numbers out there mm-hmm. and a lot of people competing, a lot of people coming out and doing it for the first time this year. We had 15 less and we managed to score 108 more team points. Yeah. Last That's year. awesome. I was wondering Crazy. if we beat that. So last year we put up, I think it was 172 and then this year we scored three, you know, yeah. 272 and this year it was 380 total points. Okay. Now I feel really bad. That <laughs> blew my mind. That but was not incredible. you, Evan. <laughs> Or me. Me and Lance contributed (laughs) this many points. (laughs) Same amount. No, I still think that I would like to see more people come out for dial. Like, granted, if you don't score points, don't care. Like, it was just nice. I remember last year just seeing people, like, come out and be like, this is my first bike race. Like, just Mm -hmm. interesting, different people that don't usually do, you know, time trials or bike races and stuff like that. We definitely need, and I think we can do that. I think we can get more people. We just need to talk about it more prior to the race. I think we were kind of rushed because we had our team camp. We had a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like Jack Frost time trials here. So we can promote it a little bit more. And I think we can get more people out there. We've got a couple good road races coming up Mm -hmm. where... It's yeah, it's not you against the clock and you're not like insulated from other riders really per se. But um you can go mm-hmm. out and try some of these other flat road races and yeah. still have a great time and be introduced into um road racing for the first time. So mm-hmm. we will definitely be hitting those up some more. But yeah. Cool. Uh Lance, you want to backpedal for us? Uh I had a bit of a recovery week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> recovery needed. week number two. <laughs> yeah, I you did almost I, boat, I yeah. did almost nothing last week. Actually yeah. that's not true. Um, I, I watched about 20 hours of Netflix. Ooh, what are you, what are you watching? <laughs> you, still, you still rode like 10 hours though, didn't you? I don't think so. I didn't think I only rode twice the whole week. Really? Yeah. Let me check your straw because I don't believe you. If, <laughs> if you haven't seen the Umbrella Academy is it good, is it on Netflix, it? it was hilarious and very good. And okay. uh-huh. yeah, I totally binge watched that one day, like 10 hours straight. Good for yeah. you, man. So I did for you. nothing. I ate all the candy in the house. Good. <laughs> Um, I listened to way too much uh, Nickelback and Taylor Swift. Nickelback. <laughs> was it like one of the first? I was 100% with you in this process until you <laughs> Was this like, is this a reference back to like the first podcast? Yeah, that's right. I think oh, Matt yeah. made okay, some good. Taylor good. Swift comment. Yes. Yeah, I really did almost uh, nothing this week. I really took it easy. My, I, I, was, I was really bummed not to be able to make it to the time trial. I really wanted to do it. Um, but I just had too many commitments and I ultimately decided not to sign up for it so that I wouldn't be tempted tempted to skip all my commitments. And I actually ended up at a funeral that day, which was not funny. I I lost a a friend, uh, a youth that I used to be his youth leader for. He was a Marine and um, Mm -hmm. he had some PTSD stuff. And yeah, it was was a rough go. His name was Seth Witherup, um, great kid who grew up here in this area. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I ended up in the right place that I ended up yeah, at the absolutely. funeral and supporting the family yeah, for absolutely. that. But it was a bummer to miss the race. But yeah. that's okay. There so, will be plenty more for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, there sure. might be a few more. On the calendar, <laughs> yeah. so. I don't think missing the prologue <laughs> is going to be too big of a deal. You and I can just go out there and go toe to toe. Let's do it. 
That would be. Fun. I was actually thinking about <laughs> sprint. You can sprint yeah. next to me, Lance. We need to we need to conquer this together. Mostly, I just need to not flat. You need to get out there. <laughs> and we can right. do it together. <laughs> try, try riding out there without flatting. That'd yes. be weird. I know. Oh uh, yeah, I did. I I enjoyed my week of doing hardly anything. So yeah. good. That was me. Matt the ground. What you sipping? Uh, <laughs> everybody can't do this no this is only <laughs> <laughs> dry sparkling vanilla fantastic mm. uh i also had kind of a down week it was just like one of those weeks where um i had to watch a lot of kids and things like that like everyone's healthy and th- for the most part like just didn't get a lot of training in um which you know then towards the latter part of the week i was like okay well like i don't want to put a ton of miles in right before my big race which you know um I know a lot of us weren't taking that race super seriously, but I mean, we all still wanted to do well. Oh yeah, um, and I think we all gave it like a. a there big were effort. so many bets on that race. How could you not take it oh, seriously? Yeah. Okay. My yeah. God, so everybody was laying so out. I think I ended up with three bets or so. I owe, and I lost all three of them. Um, <laughs> Alan Plank, I owe a beer, and then um, Sean Henry, I owe. Uh, we were, you know, going back between a coffee and a beer, and he's like, "I don't drink coffee," and I was like, "All right, I guess it's a beer then." <laughs> and Mr. Jake Von During, we had a bet, and it was um, you without aero gear, me full aero gear, and I think you beat me by a minute, basically. Is that what it was? Yeah. Which is about what you did last year. (laughs) About a minute faster Mm -hmm. than me last year. Uh, So I brought drinks for everyone. And then Evan. I wasn't sure if I was in bets, but I knew whatever I was in, I lost. So (laughs) I needed to bring sparkling water. Evan brought drinks for everyone. So, uh, you know, we are fully stocked. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Decent week. A lot of fun. Yeah. Did you um, put any videos together this past week? Uh, yes. I put out a video call. I think it was like um, swimming for new. I don't, know, I don't remember what I titled it. Like kind of swim tips for new swimmers for something like that. Kind of geared towards mm-hmm. triathletes and things like that. It's pretty basic stuff. And it's probably stuff that I actually mentioned on this podcast quite a while ago. Kind of like you need to swim regularly. You need to work on your breathing. Like here's a sample workout and the workout ends up being like a thousand meters. It's not an intense like Mm -hmm. workout. So if you are new to swimming or whatever, or you're kind of trying to get into swimming, that one might be a good what was one the to set? check out. What was the set again? I've seen the, the video. The yeah. set is, um, it's like 200 warm up, uh, and it, you know, even on the warm up, I'm like, stop as much as you want, like just mm-hmm. get through, you know, and then it's, it's kind of six by 100, but you're alternating, uh, pull, swim, pull, swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that way, and it's, it's not a bad workout. And then I, you know, I briefly mentioned you could try to, you know, leave on a send off of like three minutes, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever, if you're new to swimming. But if, you know, if you're not, you don't have to stress about that. And then there's the kind of question like, okay, well, what is a send off time? Like, what is that? And so I reference people to another video that's kind of where I talk about like, what does a coach mean when he talks about, you know, descending sets or like a leave interval or all these little things like mm-hmm. pool terminology is weird, right? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, it's not as bad as bike terminology. But it's yeah. got its own lingo for it sure. Does. Yep. Stinking Fun swimmers. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, my week, real quick. Um, I had a light training week as well, but that was by design. I just, I, that's kind of what I needed. And I set myself up yeah. for this weekend just to try and have the best result I could possibly get. Um, leading into that, though, I still, I still have too many medical appointments on my calendar every week. Mm. It's killing me. It's yeah. taking up so much time. Yes. I mean, I love going in and seeing Evan, but I mean, yeah. that, that whole process for me, it's almost two hours out of my day to go in yeah. and just see Evan for about a physical therapy. And this, mm-hmm. um, I've since come back into starting to do acupuncture again. And then I had to go see, um, 
another doctor regarding my ankle from when I got mm-hmm. hit by the car because I'm having some issues there still. And now I've got to go in for an MRI this week and back in to see him the following mm-hmm. week oh and gosh. just all kinds of stupid yeah. stuff. But I, I need those to be off my calendar because there's too many cool things going on and I need more of that time to be yeah. dedicated to, um, to work and training and family stuff. But um, this week was awesome. It was an incredible week, and it wasn't just because of yesterday. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, we got to finish. It was like the, the pinnacle um, part of our Bikes for Kids campaign where mm-hmm. we raised a bunch of money. We went out and bought a bunch of Cannondale bikes and a bunch of Giro helmets for the kids and bike locks, and we were able to go um, over to Gresham and deliver the bikes to the kids over there at the uh, Salvation Army's uh community center, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible. It was so fun sitting there and, and being able to um, call the kids up one by one to claim their bikes. And we had a teammate that was pretty much assigned to every bike and every kid. So you call their name and they kind of pop up out of the audience and they're like trying to keep the straight face and like almost like biting their lip. Yeah. You know, they wanted to smile. They wanted to like explode. And I looked at them like, no, let it go, man. Smile. And then like they just got this big beaming smile and they get to go over and grab their new bike and their helmet and teammate walked them out. We got all the kids set up with their bikes. And once all the kids were out there, they're all riding around and riding, um, you know, in circles and, and miraculous nobody crashed and, and everybody's <laughs> bike got set up to him and it all seemed to be just like perfect there was nothing that was wrong with the day it was just fantastic it was a that. really cool event i ended up getting a 11 year old boy who did not know how to ride a bike had never ridden a wow, bike before that's 11 cool. so you know i got to spend 25 20 minutes with him just trying to help him learn how to stride on the bike and to keep his balance and he yeah. was just like beaming he was like so happy to get this bike and to try to finally learn how to ride a bike and his grandma was there with him and was super excited so it it was it was a really cool day to be a part of that it was thank you jake for putting that together yeah and it was cool too because um the they put out a press re- release for this and so the local news showed up and yeah. we were on the news yeah, and had people, Fox 12 had it yeah, all yeah. yeah so I was getting messages from people like hey I saw you guys on the news yeah. what you did that's so awesome and, and was that from that ugly Christmas sweater ride that you guys did and that money I'm like yeah come on out and join us this next year so I think that um, this coming year Christmas time when we do this, out for that I think yeah. that that event's going to really blow up and we've got like sponsors who are telling me now that they want to be more a part of that and they're wanting to mm-hmm. you know make you know, financial contributions to it. Plus now that we're a nonprofit entity with our cycling team, when it comes to that fundraising week, there's, you know, like the likes of, uh, I think it's Facebook, they will match your donations up yeah. to a certain amount. So, Oh, that's cool. My God, the amount of money that we're going to be able to raise to put more mm-hmm. kids on bikes this next year is going to be fantastic. And I'm really cool. looking forward to that. Hopefully so. there can be some other, maybe even like Portland teams that come up for it. It's not mm-hmm. an us thing. It's not a dial no, thing. Yeah. This isn't every, this is about getting more kids on bikes. Yeah. And, and you know, if we can help out the kids that are underprivileged, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So I got, uh, um, some direct messages through Instagram from people who said, Did you really? yeah, Hey, I saw your team and you guys on the news that how cool that you guys yeah. uh, did something like that for the community. So that yeah. was, and that was mm-hmm. cool. you know, to all the other teams out there, you know, you guys can do this kind of stuff too. You, it yeah. doesn't take anything special. You just have to have a little bit of time set aside and a little bit of willpower and a little bit of uh, desire to raise some money and, and help kids out. And it doesn't have to be just bikes. There's a myriad of things that you can get kids mm-hmm. hooked up with just to get them out there moving and grooving. So, yeah. Fast forward to yesterday. That was a fun day. Um, arrived mm-hmm. at Vancouver Lake for the Jack Frost time trial. It was 20. What Eight time did you degrees. get there? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it was 31 when I got there, and I got there, what, an hour after you? I yeah, mean, it was yeah. cold. I got there at 8 o'clock on the bus. Oh, that's how so, I was there, yeah. 
So yeah, we were setting up things. My hands were pretty chilly, but um, we got set up and it was. We still had a great show. And yes, we had mm-hmm. less people out there for whatever reason, different commitments of time and whatnot. Spreading forward. It, yeah, <laughs> we yeah we lost an hour the night before and it was cold. And last year we had so many people out there. I think just because it was damn near sixty degrees, which it oh, was nice. that warm last year. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was not a, sixty degrees <laughs> this time. No, it was bright bright sunny yeah. skies. But I, think I was the, fine with the temperature. Yeah, actually. I think I it got it up great. to like forty three yesterday, yeah. so it was chilly, but. But um, it was mm-hmm. still, still fun times, and everybody that raced did extremely well. When mm-hmm. once the results finally posted, God, that took it took them a day to get those posted. So yeah, yeah. Um, I was scrolling through there, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe how well everybody did. We won yeah. so many categories. It's a lot of dialed at the top. A of lot those. of podium yeah. or top tens, and mm-hmm. it was just fantastic. And like I said earlier, the the amount of team points that we scored blew my mind i just i couldn't mm-hmm. believe it we got off to a fantastic start last year yeah we blew that out of the water this year with less people <laughs> how, how many podiums did we have i don't know we'll have to fact check that uh, as yeah, we go we'll through the one. podcast I think, I think it was around 10 i'm gonna guess 10 so um Lance on it. and i was i was happy with my my time i had mm-hmm. i had expectations of all right just try and finish in the top 10 do your best to finish in the top 10 and you know if that doesn't happen it's not the end of the world just be happy that you're out there riding and racing a bicycle because mm-hmm. if you had told me nine months ago that you know i'd be out racing the jack frost i might be looking at you like i don't know man i got there's a lot to heal from here mm-hmm. um so yeah i was able to go out and i somehow had a PR out there. That, that was my big question for you. That was, was like, I knew it was close compared to last year. Yeah, it was about twenty seconds, twenty-two shape. seconds faster. How is that possible? Think about that. How I mean, that's, is that? That's possible? like we're that talking. Make any sense. We're talking about the what he's gone through medically in the last nine months, <laughs> and to think he comes well, out and puts out more power than last year just, when he had a healthy build through the whole off season is yeah. crazy. It's well, crazy. With respect to the power, I'm not sure if I actually put out more power. Um, were you slippery? Uh, no, I'm a knucklehead. I forgot to calibrate my power meter, and I haven't calibrated uh, it since the middle of training camp, which what was that, two and a half weeks ago? <laughs> it's, I've been on the, the Wahoo kicker riding indoors mostly, and I just, yeah. I, I'm just i so out of the routine. And while we're out at Jack Frost, I want to help everybody because I want everybody to do well. Mm-hmm. So I find myself, I'm setting people up on bikes. I'm fixing you pin know, numbers. Yeah, pin <laughs> numbers. I'm fixing drivetrains. I'm cleaning stuff for people and making sure everybody's day is kind of nice, you know, that they can flow through and do well. And yeah. And got to myself and I barely got myself put together and out there to warmed up to do the race. And like it was probably 30 seconds after I started, I'm like, I forgot to calibrate my power meter. <laughs> Gosh, darn it. And like, so here we go. RP. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm like, well, I'm just going to treat them as they are. And you know, if I go a little bit faster or slower or whatever, that that's going to be, what's going to tell me where I'm at. And I'll just try and gauge it yeah. accordingly. So, um, I think they might be a touch low, but they were still good numbers and it was, it was better than what I was expecting for this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, finished, uh, <laughs> drum roll, please. Fourth place, not fourth place, second place, second place. Second for the fourth year. Yeah. Second place four years in a row. What are the odds of that? I mean, yeah. I can understand them being good if there was like two people out there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just the first loser every year. But it just shows a, me that the top this two is a guys. field of fifty. Yeah, field of fifty, and that's usually pretty close to what it is. Somewhere mm-hmm. between thirty-five and fifty people, like thirty-five on the skinny year. And last year, this year, this past year was pretty healthy. Yeah, 
Second place, four yeah, years in a row. Should, you shouldn't have finished second. You should have finished like twenty second. You, <laughs> you, you took like nine months off the bike. I mean, yep. it was you went through the ringer this year. You, there, you have no business biking that fast. I don't know. Well, you know, I listened to this yeah. podcast last week that yeah. talked about um, time trialing and like tips and tricks tips. and how to get more aerodynamic. And it was a great <laughs> podcast. And and I, I kind of borrowed some of those little techniques and like this whole like like little turtling thing, mm-hmm. staying turtle. low yeah. and turtle. Where to point my hands? I. I I did not touch the drops yeah. the whole time I was out there. I kept uh-huh. my hands on the top crossbar and I and um, bent over arrow, bent over arrow, turtled up a little bit, turtled up a lot, shored up the I shoulders, could. kept the shoulders nice. Exactly. And tried to stay your, small. How was your shoulder? Did that position feel okay? You know, it was okay. Um, it, it was a little tired at the end yeah. and it was not sore, but it was fatigued last night, mm-hmm. but it was my triceps that were really feeling yeah. that and like your triceps yeah. and a little bit in the low back area for just supporting yourself through that. Mm-hmm. But I tried different positions. I tried to like kind of just push rest my, my forearms more on there as opposed to just the wrist and, and let the hands dangle over just a little bit. And I found that the power numbers would come down just a touch there if I tried yeah. that or, you know, I, I kind of dabbled just a little bit with a couple other things and, and I felt that I was producing the best watts and I was getting the best average speed in getting into that position. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. stick with that because yeah. I think that that really does pay dividends. There was just less surface area. And yeah. mm-hmm. you know, was that the, the CDA for my body? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It was coefficient of drag. drag. Yeah. drag coefficient. So mm-hmm. yeah. anyway, it was a fun day and it was fun racing out there with you guys. Yeah. Lance, we missed you. Dowd Cycling had 16 podiums. Oh my wow. goodness. And, and three team members that just missed the podium in fourth or fifth place, including our own yes. Matt Legrand. Just, mm-hmm. just, just missed, missed the Way podium. to go, Matt. Wait, Wait a minute. <laughs> you could have just picked up the pace a little <laughs> bit, right? So it was a good day out there. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. So um, looking forward to the, the next couple of races coming up. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to race yet. I have a couple of things up my sleeve. I'm not quite sure which one's going to pan out yet. And I will let you know. But I'm looking forward to watching you guys at a minimum get out there and race your bicycle. Mm-hmm. So let's get started on our, our topic today. We um, have this little thing that we came up with. Our top 10 reasons to compete. And that could be competing in road racing or cycling or Mm -hmm. triathlon so we we came up with this list and we're going to talk about why we think it's a good idea and i think the timing is perfect because we are right at the beginning of a lot of everybody's race seasons whether it be triathlon or cycling so Mm -hmm. um let's start off with number 10 number 10 (laughs) and and lance is gonna have something to add to this i have a feeling um Hmm. we're gonna go out there and we're gonna make some solid slash great memories for us and memories will last but what what was what, this? what lasts what, longer what lasts than memories, longer? Lance? It, more than memories? What lasts longer than memories? It I makes can't. a clinging noise. <laughs> cling, cling, cling. <laughs> I can't remember. God damn oh. You were supposed to hit the punchline. We were talking about race medals lasting more than oh memories. God. That's so much Wait. better that he didn't remember it. Yeah. That's so Forgot much it better. Already. We set it up. We do we races for race medals. That's why we're out there. That's why you go compete for the race medal. We, we already on a previous podcast had a very nice assessment from one of Lance's friends as yes. to why race medals are very important that was, that was and i think we all had a change of heart on here as a group so yes they're, they're necessity uh, what lasts longer than memories metal, metal. <laughs> i blew it already yeah my setup wasn't all that great either so unless it's one of those wood ones have you seen the wood yeah, race metals nice. i have a feeling that my memory is going to last longer than that one. I, I prefer those yeah they're nice so, so i've got 
Well, I've, I have a, a high affinity for like photography, and I love mm-hmm. photographs. And for me, it's something special. And Matt's kind of in the same boat, and so is Lance and Evan. Doesn't know how to use his phone. Get off my lawn with your technologies. Um, So I use this little app, and some of you guys might use it. Some of you might think it's dumb. But for me, I think it's kind of a cool thing. It's called Time Hop. And every morning I get up, and that's like one of the first apps I'll check. And it'll show me all of my pictures that I have on my phone uh, in the the camera roll. It'll show any picture that I've ever posted to social media. And it'll tell me how many years ago that was. And this time of year, uh, it's fun because you wake up and you start looking at stuff, and you're looking at all the pictures that you took from past races. And that really jogs my memory and it takes me back to that time that day and it keeps me pumped and excited and motivated to want to go back out and race and you know Mm -hmm. seeing pictures of your friends and seeing how everybody's kind of progressed over time Um, and it also for me it's kind of a special thing too because this morning I it was actually the the pictures from Jack Frost last year and scrolling Mm -hmm. through there got to see some pictures of um, of our friend Michael Myers and Mm -hmm. you know like most of you know or if you don't know we lost him in a a tragic bicycle accident back in November of 2018 so it's one of those things that just kind of warmed my heart a little bit to see the pictures of him and he was actually somebody that I thought about several times while I was out on the course last year I was just like what would Michael do I mean that's kind of like the running joke you know you're hurt Mm -hmm. and what would Michael do he was such a beast and a competitor (laughs) he would push the pedal harder I think is what he would do I think he went 28 low or 2830 I can't remember exactly low I think it was, it was pretty, yeah it was pretty fast that's yeah. really fast so oh, yeah you know it's it just it's seeing amazing. those pictures of him this morning was great and those are those are memories that I wouldn't have had if I wasn't a part of a team if I was not racing my bicycle and these are some of the best memories that I'll have um in my life and it's just kind of neat to to be able to make those with with you guys so mm-hmm. um anything that you guys want to add to uh making lasting memories that that I like. So Facebook does a similar thing where they kind of post up some of your previous memories. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It is interesting for me because each time I come around um, to April time period. Yeah. As I get closer to April, uh, I had this race that I used to love going to uh, Grand Rapids um, Half Ironman, which is also the Clydesdale and Athena National Championship. And that one for, for, for me really did hold some some pretty special you memories. You want to go back sometime? I'll go back with you. I would lo- so there's actually an Ironman race there now too. Yeah, the Millennial Man or something. They, I can't remember. What yeah, it's something, Let's something like that. We'll yeah, it. yeah. We'll it's it. it's it's an awesome Iron race. Distance. A lot Iron. of fast guys out of that region too. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. very very cool race. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Moving Mike, Michael Myers went twenty seven forty nine last yeah. year. Oh yeah, let's not he was, jip him he that. Was probably no, the, he was probably oh. the fastest from our group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, um, was Scott Macbeth? Scott Macbeth was, I think, a touch slower. I think he was I'm, 28 low, I think, again. I think Scott this no, year was almost the same time last year. He was faster last year. Was he? I think Scott I, had the fastest time last year. Did he really? Year. Oh, my gosh. Check, so can you check ridiculous. his time real quick? He Why, have a did second? four fives. What did he race? He races four fives, which he probably he, shouldn't. He doesn't. Pace. Well, he races seen, triathlon and doesn't do road racing. He so, can't yeah. get upgraded. The only other no, thing he yeah. could do was just race in the Masters. But he'd have to race more road or time trials to get that upgrade. Yeah. He's racing right where he's at, but the overall, if you go to the overall standings, it'll it'll show kind of where he stacked up. But um, uh, twenty-seven fifty-three. Oh, yeah. Michael beat him by four seconds. Okay, those two. Tell you what, put a team time trial together of those two oh my plus anybody else, you're yeah. going to be flying. A couple people that just want to hang on. Yeah, a couple, couple people that just cycle in the back, and that's yeah. it. I actually petitioned the guys who are some five um, and asked them, like, hey, team. can you do a team trial out there at the Jack Frost? And he says that it's possible, but they said that they, they can't do it the same day, that it's already too full of a day. Um, yeah. Well, and I think that makes yeah. sense. Can, when you think about, like, when the setup and the yeah. breakdown and then having the the, the – officials out there and having to pay everything and then they have to adjust the course too because the rumble strips 
would make a really kind of hazardous team time trial start. You think so? You yeah. Well, I just, strategy. I, I mean, like, strategy. like we'd, we'd be fine with it, but I think if you got some people, like, yeah. you'd have to have somebody holding the front there for a while, as long as they'd be okay with just taking yeah. away the cones and having people go over the, like, I'm fine with going over the rumble strips, but yeah, I know. Like, that's a good point. That's a yeah. very good point. Because it would get real skinny on the side there. You know what they could yeah. do, though, is they could move the starting house up and, and just bypass the rumble strips altogether and just push the finish. Push the finish out. They've got the room to do it, so. Yeah. I don't know. It's neither here nor there. It's a little tangent. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> let's jump into number nine. You get to travel. Yeah. It's that, I mean, oh, yeah. I think that's a good one. It's a lot of, I mean, probably my favorite races are when I'm not traveling because I feel like they're less stressful. You can just wake up, you know, in your own bed and, and go do stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I know a lot of people that, you know, they do these race destinations and that's huge. You know, you get to see a different part of the country, a different part of the world a lot of times races even are set up in that with that, you know, mentality in mind where it's like, this is a race on the beach in Southern California Yeah, because we know people will come. Yeah. Lance, I mean, you raced on the great wall of China. It was a marathon, but yeah, that's, I mean, that race is clearly not put together to PR. That's a destination race. And I never would have, I I didn't even, I wouldn't have even experienced that part of the world without that option. Or that that much of the wall. (laughs) Yes. Or that much of the wall. Yeah. Because, I was there for a, a an MBA. I was there for my master's in business mm-hmm. association. I, we were we were there for a week long training. In, you know, like outside schooling, like a, an experience somewhere else. And I just happened to squeeze in this Great Wall race. But we actually the the Great Wall Marathon was on a section of the marath of the wall that that the tourists don't normally go to. It's a lot further away from the city. So mm-hmm. that just that. That's cool. That made it really cool. Yeah. 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 What's the coolest place you've been to, Evan? Ooh, for for a race. Yep. Here, here's my honest opinion. I loved the Santa Cruz race. Santa yeah. Cruz seventy. And so, so the cool thing about uh, about it for me was uh, uh, my girlfriend Cassie. I got to see like where she grew up during that. Oh, she uh, cool. she she didn't grow up in Santa Cruz, but she grew up in Los Gatos, which is very close to there. So you know. Guys, she got to take me to her favorite bakery. The place where we yeah. actually ran is like right along the water. It's like this trail system right along this like cliff that overlooks the ocean. If if your hurry wasn't at 185 the entire race, you'd really be able to enjoy a pretty incredible <laughs> view. But that's where you know she ran all the time when she was growing up, and just you know her family was always around there. And it's a it's a just a beautiful course, just an absolutely beautiful course. Lots of sea lions too, you know, because <laughs> you got to swim around the pier, which just makes it that much better experience. But yeah, that that to me is, if I'm looking at the races I've done, I mean Chattanooga Half Ironman is a beautiful course too. But Santa, there's something about riding your bike, cool. yeah, riding your bicycle next to the ocean, as you guys know, having just done that, there's yeah. something special about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Matt? Um, I, I you know, really definitely think about like, um, the opportunities of getting to travel and things like that, just because I was a kid from Alabama that got to travel when, you know, a lot of people don't get to travel or whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. it was going to travel to all these races growing up. Right. Like, and I think it's good because it kind of opens your mind a little bit where you're like, I don't have to live in Alabama the rest of my life. I can go move wherever. (laughs) Like I kind of liked this other place that I traveled to. And so I definitely credit um, traveling for races to kind of definitely getting to see 
a good bit more of the country. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of it was like, you're just going to see the track or you're just going to see some golf course that you're going to do cross country on. But you know, you still, you know, you go through the airports and stuff. You got to meet a lot of, I mean, you, you got to meet people yeah. from other countries, other cultures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's super eye opening too, right? Where you're like, you're going to train day in and day out with five Kenyans, right? And mm-hmm. if yeah. you think you're poor, you have no idea. The poorest people in the United States have no idea. Like yeah. they just don't get it. And so it's super good perspective for someone that's 19, 20 years old, right? Like just a great opportunity for me to, you know, have done some traveling. The one of the prettiest places I feel like that I've raced is actually probably Whistler, Canada, oh, which yeah. we're going back yeah. to. It's beautiful there. It's it's I'm not a big skier. I know that our listeners are probably gonna be like, Yeah, I know, skiing's the best, you're stupid, Matt. But uh, <laughs> but I'm not a huge skier. Um, but so I probably wouldn't just go to Whistler for no reason. And, um, I've gone there twice for Ironman Canada, this Ironman Canada race. And then the plan is to go back, hopefully if I can stay healthy and keep it up. Absolutely. Yep. And so, um, the mountain biking there is world-class. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't mountain bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Uh, he has a skier, just... <laughs> mountain bike. The two things that that city is known for that, that area is known for. I could, I could videotape you mountain biking. There we go. <laughs> Bring the van. You want to come up? I'm going up for a training camp. You yeah. can come you up. Should. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that place, it was just like super family friendly. You know, um, the Whistler village is just neat. And, uh, yeah. and then, you know, you're swimming in beautiful lakes and biking up mountains and it's pretty cool. So yeah, that's my cool. top pick. What right you got? On. I don't have any places that I can tell you that I've truly like traveled like long distances for. I don't know why. I'm just kind of like a homebody when it yeah. comes to like racing and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, here in the Pacific Northwest, I mean, we it's not uncommon for us to get in the car and travel for a few hours, drive somewhere. And my God, there are some spectacular places here to race your bicycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done a lot of like destination ride stuff, you know, like riding in Hawaii or going to, right. you know, fill in the blank state. But um, I just haven't done any racing, so I think I need to put that on my my radar to go try a race somewhere else and just show up and be the only person and just see yeah. how that, that unfolds. Nobody mm-hmm. knows you, and you don't know anybody, and just play that cat and mouse game. But, I mean, um, even when you're, like, it's just different when you're, like, even when we went up to Seattle to bike back to Portland, Seattle to correct. Portland, yeah. it's still kind of like you got to gear up and travel with bikes and all that stuff. There's that bit of a, a hassle to it. Yeah. Was, I mean, you, you, we took that pretty seriously. We were, yeah, we, we tra- tra- trained for it and yeah. we took it hard and we went, you know, for sure. I, I guess you could kind of call that a race and that'd be kind of a destination thing. But, yeah. um, generally speaking though, I, I find the triathletes, you guys are, it's far more common for you guys to get on an airplane with all of yeah, your, yeah. your stuff. And that's kind of a stress making sure it that is. you have everything yeah. and oh. getting there and making sure everything goes back together correctly. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it, it almost feels like a hassle. And I don't know if I maybe it's because I don't want that stress, and mm-hmm. maybe I, I just like to race in fam- familiar surroundings with familiar people for the yeah. most part. I don't know, but it's definitely it's, I, it's I a hassle. To, it's a huge yeah, hassle. It's but a lot to, of work. to me, there's like almost a camaraderie to that hassle. I'll say like like tri- triathletes. There's there's like a couple <laughs> types of triathletes. There's the yeah. getting super stressed out about that, and then the people who just kind of embrace it and go with the flow, knowing right. that like no pre race situation in triathlon ever goes that well. There's always like your wetsuit's going to rip. You're going to forget something. You're going to have a flat and transition. Always something's going to happen. And there is kind of a camaraderie. It's like, it's like in cycling with crashing. There's like a camaraderie around crashing. Triathletes are terrified of crashing. I'm glad I came from cycling (laughs) because I'm not scared of crashing anymore. Like I've seen, obviously there are terrible, terrible crashes that can happen, but it happens so frequently in cycling that there is kind of this camaraderie around it while triathletes are terrified of that idea. (laughs) In triathlon, 
I feel like cyclists are usually a type A personality. So yeah. I know that the stress of that stress out of triath- uh, a cyclist. Triathletes, there's more type B triathletes than you would imagine. I really? know it seems like a type A sport. There are type A. Mm-hmm. And you may agree with me on this, Matt. There are more type B personalities in triathlon than you would think. And I think it's because you get that swimming and running crowd that are so not stressed before race. Mm-hmm. Like, right. there's, there's definitely stressed out swimmers I've met before races. But swimmers are a very go with the flow. Yep. Definitely. Just show up to the pool, throw the goggles on sort of personality. I mean, well, they, and you they have li- like 10 hours for your race. Oh, so it's yeah. like, why do I stress out? You can't be stressed hour? for 10 hours. Yeah. yeah. But the, the pointing into the field is all type A personalities. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, mostly. You'll find the rare real type B personality up there. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's usually it's usually type A's. <laughs> yeah. I want to travel with you for some races at some point. And I think it'll be okay. I'm very type B with, I'm yeah, not, I'm travel. not stressed before races. But I, I'm I just, stressed the week before races. <laughs> I just think like, especially if it's not like my A race where I'm, am going to be totally anxious or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'll stress out a little bit, but I'm like, if I, if we were to do like an early season half together or something like that, yeah. like Chattanooga or something like that, definitely it'd be, I think I could just go into it and be like, I just trying to get to the finish line and like, you know, go as fast as I can go, but not stress about a particular whatever. Here's and a question for you. Yeah. What's a race that all four of us sitting at this Ooh, table could go could do, do together, together oh, that's a cool one. that everybody would be cool with going to do. How about this? I'll throw this out. What if in the future we all did like dirty Kansas together? Oh, that sounds absolutely <laughs> excruciating. It's 200 miles. I know, but that'd be a lot of fun. It would be beautiful. It'd be beautiful. Well, or like Leadville. First of all, we wouldn't, well, we wouldn't all We have to in. qualify for Leadville. Yeah, well, qualify. Dirty, dirty yeah. Kansas, you have to get, um, it's a lottery, right? It's a lottery. It's a lottery. Dirty okay. Kansas, yeah. yeah. What's a race that you guys would do? What's a format? What's a realistic that you, race? What's a format yeah. that you would you guys would both be like cool with doing? Would we you could, guys do a gravel you, race or would you do a road race or would it have to be a time trial towards. or gravel race would be fun. Yeah. I mean we it'd be awesome if we could all travel to nationals for time trial together. That'd be cool. But I think you have to qualify for nationals, correct? Uh, I believe so. I think yeah. so. I don't know. Sun Valley, Idaho, Rebecca's private Idaho. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Lance already knows the land. I do. Yeah. You just need a gravel bike. is it? It's uh it's it's Labor Day weekend. It's it's a difficult weekend for families. Yeah, you don't have to remind me. What's the date of that? It's September, yeah. like the first weekend of September. Uh, we have always cruise, have, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be very hard to get our schedules in line, but we need to come up with something. We'll though. keep That'd talking be about very it. Fun. In the next in the next year or two, we'll do it for sure. I'm not. I'm just. I don't think we can do it like this summer. Do you think Hawaii would have any like winter sort of like gravel cool. mountain bikey sort of races? No. Yeah. No. No. So on our, our live feed for YouTube yeah. right now, uh, Scott Troutman just chimed in. He said there's a hundred mile version for the Dirty Kanza race. Oh yeah. Yes, there is. My buddy Kid has done it. Yeah. So that that's a little bit more reasonable for all uh-huh. of us, I think, to, to I do. I think he did level, my bad. And yeah. Dirty Kansas, two hundred miles, correct? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who have never done a two hundred mile race, that is hard. And then you do it on gravel. <laughs> yeah. On gravel, you're not mud. You're it's not, not a normal two hundred miles. No. It's not like no. We did. It's self supported too. Is it really? Uh-huh. Wow. Hundred miles gravel sounds like enough. <laughs> what's to the, me. What's that's the funny. elevation gate on that? I, I, it's I pretty don't flat know. out there. It's though. pretty flat. Okay. Yeah. Still though. But windy. Not a lot windy of mountains in, in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Let me look that up. Those chattering gravel trails for 200 yeah. miles, man. No. That's, uh, I feel like I remember people talking about it and saying there was eleva- a fair amount of elevation gain. Yeah. Check it out and see. It'll be. It's a well, if you're support. heading west, you're basically heading towards the mountains. So I'm sure it's like a nice steady grade up. But <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next one. Um, number eight, connecting with like-minded people. Yeah. 
That's yeah. how I met you, whack jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we probably I would ended be up at sitting, this table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we wouldn't be sitting here right now if that weren't the case. So, um, yeah. and God, I, I think we have a team to be a testament to this as well. Yeah. I mean, talk about something that just was like a, a flame to a bunch of moths. Like we just all kind of like flock to this thing and we're like for the most part we're all of like kind of the same mindset for mm-hmm. for lack of a better term you know kind of one and the same you know we have our different backgrounds and whatnot but yep. the the fact that we can all gravitate towards this and i don't get into this too often but i mean everybody can kind of set aside their you know their beliefs and their political mm-hmm. affiliations right. and all this stuff yep that just never comes up and and yeah. that's kind of by design that we we say you know we just don't get into that you can you know, have mm-hmm. those opinions, but we're here because we want to. We a because you're a good person. You know, yep. we only want good chemistry. And B, we want you to be here because you love riding bicycles, yeah. and we just all seem to be able to get along, get along, fantastically. Mm-hmm. And we don't have these issues. So, yeah. what is that saying that cycling will solve all the world's problems? Yes, it is. <laughs> well, well, think about think about just sports in general, though. Yeah. I mean, think about yeah. really big. Racial barriers broken, uh, male-female barriers broken. We're yeah. talking, I mean, sports are a big platform for that, and that's competition. Competition yeah. brings that around. And well, I, and, and it's suffering. Yeah. It's not necessarily yes. competition with, yes. like, when, mm-hmm. when you and I go run together, it's mm-hmm. not like we're competing. No. But the suffering, I mean, even if we're doing easy easy runs or whatever, there's just this little bit of camaraderie in the mm-hmm. relationships that you forge through we can call it suffering, you can call it whatever, mm-hmm. training effect or whatever, are probably some of the strongest relationships that I've had in my personal history. Yep. You know, the the people that I were teammates with and things like that, those were my best friends. The people that I trained for a marathon with, a triathlon with, those are the people where you're like, yes, like we might not have the same religious background or whatever. Doesn't matter. We feel super tight because, you know, we went through this mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So it's a pretty magical thing. Yeah. And I mean, in a day and age where you kind of have the sentiment of like, in that sense, this feeling that the country's like on the verge of like civil uh, yeah, war. seriously. <laughs> and yet we can bring this completely diverse group of people together. I mean, it could be more diverse, but I mean, you got a lot of yeah. people with a lot of different backgrounds. Got a guy from Alabama, a guy from Ohio, a guy from California, <laughs> and a Mormon. I mean, really, think about that. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, think about that. That's that's four very different people. <laughs> and different. they all walk into a bar. No, no, we all we all may be white with brown hair, except for Lance, kind of kind of white, but you know, <laughs> it's pretty much gray. Mostly gray. But. No, but you've got this 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 undertone in the country and you've got all these like people from different walks of life that come together and we mm-hmm. don't have issues and it's all because of one commonality that's that says something so yeah. um to, to have that is pretty magical and just be able to surround yourself with those people know that like if you need something you can just put it out there and you've got a bunch of people that are going to come to help you or um that want to go for a bike ride with you or whatever it's just it's awesome and, and to show up to races and be surrounded with those people i mean you just there's something magical about it it's, it's good mm-hmm. times so and i think i think matt tapped on a point that's awesome is there, there is that through there's there's one thing training together you know, we're going on jogs together and everything, but there's there's something different about working towards a competition together. And I think that that does have a, a primal aspect to it. There, there, there really is. There's something very human about that. And that's, you know, um, Matt brought up that he trained with Kenyans sure. at a time. And, you know, I mean, a Kenyan that I use and reference quite a bit is Elliot Kipchoge, but he was talking about how, how life is the marathon is what, yeah. is what he always, you know, w- would reference. And what he means by that is it's, 
it's basically life is this up and down cycle of suffering and dealing with suffering and what better way to do that than in a group of people because you know shared suffering is half the suffering is the saying and that's I mean we've all been on training rides together the California trip is an awesome example of would you guys have been able to do that trip solo maybe but how hard would that have been to do all those miles by yourself very hard very easy just to say yeah not today (laughs) yeah oh my gosh yeah I don't want to go 110 miles (laughs) with 10k climbing that's the other beauty of of road racing or crits Mm -hmm. or circuit races is especially if you're on a team you're generally working for one specific rider Mm-hmm. you're you're working as a team for one person so you know you might be have trained all year but you you give up the chance of personal glory because mm-hmm. i'm trying to work for one specific writer that mm-hmm. we have identified before the race that we are hoping to get on the podium yeah and that is actually fun that to is be fun. In, it, it mm-hmm. takes pressure off and to be a cog in a machine yes that's out there to accomplish a certain goal that mm-hmm. is so much fun just supporting one person and i could see if it was the same person over and over and over and over again well grant we're not getting paid millions of dollars to support chris Froome. yeah that's not the case we're going out there just to have fun if if you're doing it for the same person over and over again that could be a little problematic at times but you know usually you try and find the person that's best suited for a particular course and being on a diverse team we've got different people that are good at different Mm -hmm. things and sometimes someone's feeling better than somebody else so we we do try and change it up and that is so much fun to go out there and know that it's not about putting me on the podium it's about putting our team on the podium and today we're supporting said person and you never put that out there obviously to the other competitors yeah Mm -hmm. so it's kind of fun to play that cat mouse game and the the chess match that's involved in that is just so much fun it's a it's a blast yep Mm-hmm. So you kind of forget the fact that you're suffering. <laughs> so <much. laughs> right. All right, let's move on to our next one. Number seven, it is categorized, meaning that if you're going to go out and do racing and you're new to racing, you're going to go out and you're going to be a, a novice noob and you're not going to be racing against the likes of, you know, if it's your first triathlon, you're going to be racing against Evan Price who just turned pro and, yeah. and you have no Unless you're Evan and then you're racing against guys who are well out of your league now. So. <laughs> but um, it's it's nice because it's, it's graded based on your ability level mm-hmm. and even age so that you're going to be racing against people that are pretty close to you and um, in that process it allows you to have a fighting chance at finding some glory um, mm-hmm. so do you guys have thoughts on that one I think that you know as a any sort of you know race director you know the takeaway is like um, you know maybe take a look at cycling the way they have things set up and broken into all these different categories you know, and potentially set up your race to where you may have some additional categories. It doesn't have to be quite as extreme as cycling, um, but, you know, running and swimming or triathlon or whatever the sport might be, you may want to just, you, you might not want to throw all the, you know, athletes in together with the pros and have mm-hmm. them, you know, go off together uh, because, you know, giving people the opportunity to say like, yes, I won my age group. Yes, I won my, mm-hmm. you know, particular category. Those are, you know, big wins for some people. And, you know, then there's that race medal. <laughs> yeah. Clink, clink. More medals. Gotta have that race medal. More memories, medal. more medals, more, medals. more pictures. I, I love the fact that yep. you can go out and compete against people your own age or mm-hmm. people with your own experience. You know, that's that that's yeah. That's, that's what's great about it. it's cool because yeah. you have to move up. Yeah. The rungs, it's it's something to, competition should always have layers to it, so there's always a next goal. Yeah. You know, there should never be a plateau in goals, and that's the awesome thing about, this is this would be my suggestion to triathlon. I love cycling's model of competition, in, in, in America at least, because apparently, 
in other like European countries, there are plenty of road races where it's like the race today is only one, two, threes and everybody starts and goes. Just like a 110 person race. That's and that's just, yeah, yeah. And it's just, that's it. Huh. I kind of like how America sets it up to where if you're a four or five and this is your fifth or sixth race, you can be at the front of a race, making moves, learning how the dynamics of a race works and not just be the guy holding on for dear life on the back of the Peloton yeah. and then getting busted out and having to pedal home with, you know, you and three of your closest buddies. Yeah. But, um, I would love to see triathlon come up with age groups. Great. But I don't think age group is the best way to organize it. Right. There are 44 year old guys out there competing on the national level yeah. and making top 10 at, at the Olympic national championship. That guy should not be racing with Steve. Who's doing his first triathlon. Right. <laughs> and that's how the age group system works. Yeah. Steve and this super athlete are competing in the same wave. There should be some categorized system. Yeah. There's a hard. million that's waves a that they ask. let out. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's got to be some category, like some you know, categorization there. I like how they do. Um, some races will do like pros uh, and elites and elites. Mm-hmm. And that pulls some people out. Like, yeah, and, I think I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's and, and you can even year by year be like this year. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can do elites and next year. Maybe not like might not happen. Yeah. And then you, you go back to your age group and. And you know, like even if if you're kind of on the bubble, you can kind of make that pick. Like I could win my age group, or I could be ninth in the elites. Mm-hmm. It might be more fun to be ninth in the elites. So yeah. you have this kind of you have some options, which is good. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Tough I think call. I think cycling has has organized it very yeah. well. It does have, I think, almost a fault though. Like when you get into time trialing, in my opinion, I think there are just too Couple many too many categories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, when you've lot. got a bunch of people going out to do a race, a time trial, and you know you've got say. 200 plus i think yesterday at the jack frost or this past weekend at jack frost there was 200 i think they said 285 or 287 that's a lot of people mm-hmm. but you know when you look at the average category size the categories for the most part weren't huge so it's mm-hmm. yeah i don't know so, it's, so we need to take between triathlon and cycling is the correct answer somewhere in between yeah there. <laughs> well yeah it's just they shouldn't have they shouldn't do age groups they should just do the normal cycling rules categories one two three four five well you can do a masters, masters but yeah. just make a one masters at masters like, four five or you know the same. yeah why is there yeah. a 30 to 39 masters too is that really masters 30 to 39 no, they didn't I, call well, it masters they just called it 30 to 39 see they need to chop 40 that. to 49 and yeah 50 they, to 59 they need to chop well, that and then 40 plus can be masters there, some yeah. of the time trials that have been on our calendars in the past it gets mm-hmm. even worse like you'll have your masters 40 to 44 and then you get your masters 45 to 49 yeah no. and they do that for every age group and it's just like come mm-hmm. on man yeah. <laughs> so um you know just make it the 40s and if you have a masters that's great and then if mm-hmm. you're of certain categorization you can just go race in your category so mm-hmm. Um, that sometimes can be a, a, a double-edged sword that kind of gives you troubles and whatnot. Like for yeah. me, it's like, all right, if I've got an option to go race with the master 40 to 49, and it's like an open category, like, you know, ones, two, threes, fours, and fives, or go race in the, the category one, twos, which one do I want to go? Do I want to go like get absolutely punished by kids that are half my age? Yeah. And, yeah. and have a lot more keep time up with that. than you. Yeah. And it's, it's actually, it's a longer race too. Or mm-hmm. do I want to go race in the 40, 49s with my friends, but then get called like, Hey, you're supposed to be over there racing with the one yeah. twos. You're kind of sandbagging over here. You know, you're racing yeah. against guys that are four or fives. Eh, what do you do? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's, it, 
sometimes there's just too many options. I just think you do both. I think you find the no, I mean, like, you find race not like within the same weekend, but like you find races where you're like, yep, I'm gonna go suffer. I'm gonna go get my butt kicked. Yeah. And then you find other races where you're like, I'm gonna I want to ride with Lance. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah. yeah. This is the problem with being in your forties and being fast, guys. You guys just should have slowed down. <laughs> I tried, man. I not tried. too many guys in their forties run into this issue. So. All right, moving on to the next one. Um, stress release. And I'm going to put this on Evan mm-hmm. because I get stressed before race. So I don't know if I can actually <laughs> speak to this one being a positive, but maybe that the after effect. But you- so, so I'll say there's there's a buildup of stress to the competition. So I think overall, when when we talk about stress, is such like stress is a word that just gets tossed around a ton these days. Burnout and stress, those two terms. Yeah. You could go on scroll through your Facebook feed. You're going to see a hundred random articles put up about stress and burnout. I think. Just like, so let's compare stress to like endurance, strength, and and strength training. I think that there is at times with, and I hate always ragging on the millennial generation, but I'm going to rag on the millennial generation for a second. You always rag on the millennial generation. It's It's because I've been reading these burnout articles for millennials. (laughs) We look at previous generations. uh, They had pretty stressful lives, Uh like real stressful. We want to look at the World War II generation. Uh And do you, as a millennial, really want to sit there and be like, oh my God, my life is so burnout right now. Be like, you uh, haven't, you haven't fought in a war. Snap, <laughs> Snapchat servers are down. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's pretty out. sad. I have like 10 unread emails. Oh my goodness. Like, so when I think it's that our threshold for stress, because things are so easy in life is so amazingly low. We're scared of being exposed to stress. And when you're scared of being exposed to stress, just like if you want to run a marathon and you never run, uh, yeah, the marathon's going to really be hard. So I think if you if you gradiate it in a healthy way, expose yourself to stress over and over again, and you overcome that stress, I think there's a really healthy benefit to that. Yeah, and that's I, when you see productive people like the people I'm sitting at this table with, who are all successful at what they do. So I think I think that's where you you have this stress leading up to the race. And then you go and compete, and it's this release of that stress. And then you come back down. To speak to that, I in, earlier in my racing career, when I would mm-hmm. get ready for a race, I was super stressed, so much so that it was hard to sleep at night. And you're mm-hmm. just wrecked when you wake up, and now you're even more stressed out because you didn't get a good night's sleep and you got to go race. Um, the more races I've done over the course of time, the less stressed I become. There and you go. I just I don't put the same amount of stress. Yeah. I mean to say that word over and over again <laughs> yeah. as I did in the past, and that there helps me have a better experience. Yeah. And so, um, what did you not eat last night or on Saturday night? <laughs> I didn't have sushi. <laughs> so previous podcast, Jake has said sushi basically before every race, right? Just I about mean, not uh, all of them, but just about yeah. almost all of them. Yeah. And he PR'd. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With, with sushi, he could have broken. Um, 20 minutes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> 30 mile an hour average out there. Yeah. Sushi power. Yep. <laughs> All right. Anything else to add to that? Stress release. Moving on. All right. Number five. Number can, five reason to compete. What yeah. is it? It can be a family affair. You can get the whole fam family involved in this thing. I won't talk about this one. I think I'll exclude myself. <laughs> well, you can talk about it from a perspective of being the, 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 the child. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. So, Definitely. um, you know, at least where we're at, there's almost, and it's, you know, it becomes a certain age that the kids can get involved. They can't always do it, but mm-hmm. all of the events that we go to just about, I can't think of any that don't have the, um, a category for kids to get involved and kids can actually be licensed carrying race members for the Oregon bicycle racing association. And I believe for, um, USAC, the United States cycling association, um, to, to race bicycles. So, 
that that's a neat thing where you know mom and dad can go out and yeah. the kids can go out and there mm-hmm. are certain races around here where they've even got like a kitty race where you've got kids that are like three four and five years old out there racing around on little you know little bikes or little scoot bikes and whatnot and they're having a blast and so the whole family gets involved and the kids see mom and dad out there training the kids right. see mom and dad out there racing the kids see mom and dad out there having fun with their friends and their like-minded friends and that becomes kind of a lifestyle choice for them moving forward We're like well mom and dad did it i had fun doing it. i want to do that too as opposed to becoming super introverted video game playing um mm-hmm. overly stressed because they're not six year old yeah. <laughs> yeah. so i feel like we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast where it's like you yeah. see the parents doing it and it kind of at least gives you the okay that it's not a crazy idea right mm-hmm. like this is something that people can do like you see yeah. mom and dad do it it is if i choose to do this this is possible during my okay yeah during my triathlon days i was able to get my kids to yeah. do some of the kids events here's a picture of oh my, my nine-year-old oh, daughter, she's having a blast. Kelty. <laughs> Look how much fun she's she having. Hasn't, she hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> After she finished what, what a little mini kids triathlon. That's awesome. I think she I, likes pictures a little bit more now, doesn't she? Or at least she taking looks, them. She looks so angry. And I can't remember why she was so angry, but the picture is hilarious. This came up on my time hop, which is why... That's hilarious. Yeah, I shared it with uh, my family just to tease them. <laughs> Six years ago. Six years. Yeah, uh, for those that uh, aren't on the live feed, which you can't really see either, it's a picture of my nine-year-old daughter who is now 22 and would be oh terribly gosh. embarrassed if I was telling this, but, but too bad. <laughs> <laughs> she can defend herself. She, she has this absolute look of death looking at me yeah. like... Biggest scowl like, I've ever seen big, on just a, a child. Just a, I don't like stare. you right now. <laughs> and I think it was, it wasn't because she didn't love the race. It was because... Did you go slow? Stupid. She was mad at you? No, I think oh, okay. it was dad quit taking my freaking yep. picture uh-huh. <laughs> she was at that age where she hates pictures yes. hates pictures <laughs> hilarious hilarious yeah get your kids more get your kids more. <laughs> family event go to a they'll triathlon hate, they'll hate you, <laughs> you, they'll you for forever it. they'll hate you forever <laughs> all right moving right along number four the health benefits of being a competitive athlete in racing wait really i know yeah. this is one of those things where it's like up to a certain point, it is good to exercise. <laughs> All of us at this table overdo it. Overdo yeah. it. Probably. I would love to see somebody link in the YouTube some article. It's like some outdated article that's telling you that marathon running is unhealthy for you or something. Some yeah. poorly done study. I just, yeah, I, I, I really do think that like running is good for you. Every All of these sports are great for you. The way we do it is extreme, I think. And Evan, show off your your latest wounds, your war wounds. I'm doing here. good over here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the good news: fell down on the non-drivetrain side, so okay. the bike outside of little Di2 caps, absolutely fine. All right, both the Di2 caps popped off. Oh, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, solid health benefits. Uh, if you want to know more about said health benefits, go back and listen to all of our old podcasts. Yeah, We've talked about it ad nauseum. So, all right, uh, number mm. three, it keeps you honest. It keeps yep. you honest with your training. It keeps you honest with um, you know staying consistent yeah. and just this really. This is this is my favorite one. This actually. is probably my favorite yeah. one too. Yeah, it's difficult yeah. to go out in, in a race and fake it yeah. if you haven't it is really good, been training. Yeah. Good peer pressure. Yeah, competition is yeah. good peer yeah. pressure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in this day and age, with all of the ways that we connect um, to the world and using the likes of like Strava and whatnot. Um, if, if you're not, if you didn't post it, if you didn't post it right, it didn't happen. Right. So, <laughs> so almost none of my training is actually real. 
I basically don't train according to that. <laughs> it's, it's amazing you're, you're, it's amazing you're fast yeah. with all the training well, you don't do. And then you add to that, though, that we've got heart rate monitors and cadence uh-huh. sensors and speed sensors and power meters and all of these fun gadgets that show how we actually did. So, um, you know, it's kind of neat that, like, if you know that you're out there supposed to be doing, you know, some, some kind of a workout, you, you need to, you know, post your stuff up and, and show yourself that you actually did it. Like, mm-hmm. all right, I, I hit, you know, checked off all my boxes for all the, the interval sets that I was supposed to do. I checked off the box of my time and distance and duration and all that other fun stuff. That keeps you consistent. Almost, it, does. it can be a fault, but it's it just it makes sure that, mm-hmm. like, if you're posting that up and you know that you're supposed to be doing it, that's one thing. But, like, when it gets to race day, if you didn't do well, it's very simple to go back and look <laughs> yeah. at your profile and say, well, you know, did I put in the work? Yeah. yeah, did I put in the work? Yeah, you put in three rides over the last, you know, three months, and you're wondering why you came in DFL. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah, that's probably one of my favorite things on this list is just like doing having that competition looming on the calendar. It's just you you are so motivated to go out and put the miles in, put the work in, you know. And I do enjoy all the miles and all the work. But it's nice to have that extra motivation of being like, mm-hmm. and I have a race that I have to do. Like, I, I like to think that, you know, if I don't have an Ironman race scheduled or whatever it is, that I'll still go do all this work and still have all these fun rides and things like that. But the truth is, is like there are other things that distract in our lives. And when you don't have that impending, you know, huge race or whatever it is, it's so easy to just be like, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to go out today. Yeah, it's beautiful out, but I'm going to, you know, do X, Y, Z instead or mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, there's there's plenty of work for all of us to do other than, yeah. you know, ride our bikes. So sure. it is nice to have the motivation. Gotcha. How's it keep you honest, Lance? Um, it, it actually focuses my training for me. You know, yep. it, it, it makes me make sure that I keep on with what I'm trying to do because I've been in lots of race situations where I went into the race feeling really good and thinking that I'm fairly fit and got dropped in the first 10 miles. <laughs> so you'd oh, say, man. would it be fair to say that that's one of the key ingredients to the uh, Hepler focus? Yeah, I think so, because yeah. I want to do well in the races. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah. gotcha, yeah. gotcha. All right, number two, the social aspect, time with friends. Do we already talk yeah. about this? <laughs> kind of. This, well, we talked about connecting with like important people. Yeah. I mean, it so, is a great so, reason to race. So yeah, yeah you is. go to if you go to a competition yeah. and you have friends and teammates and people that you meet, it is super fun to hang yeah. out. Like I had a blast j- yesterday, just yeah. hanging out with the team, yeah, and mm-hmm. just catching up with people. Yep. So yeah, that's a that's a good one. We kind of spilled over on the uh, connecting with like minded people and um, talked a little bit about that. So um, that that's our number two thing. It's just time with friends. I mean, I think that that's super important. Um, that's what keeps me coming back for more. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a big part of it, at least uh, connecting yourself with good people is fun. So go out there and get yourself on a team or a, a club that sure. will keep yeah. you out there having fun and, and motivated and focused on that one can spill into health benefits yeah. too, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Social aspect is definitely, especially huge. because in endurance sports, I think sometimes you have some people whose tendency is to isolate themselves. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny when, you know, people like we got to run together yesterday yeah. i got to see oh yeah we randomly ran into a really cool guy we, we, we met a random person that just yeah. like turned around on the trail and started running with us and yeah super, made a friend super cool guy like oh, that's cool ran in uh-huh. college like it was awesome to chat with him for a while yeah there was um a couple other people that weren't even on our teams that i just got to catch up with mm-hmm. a little bit it was just really really Quinn nice through these Quinn, sports yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome nice. people mm-hmm. yep all right the number one reason for us to compete would be it's fun it's fun. Yeah. 
Is there anything when you win? <laughs> suffering is fun. Suffering is fun. It is. Suffering is fun. <laughs> Can you guys come up with anything that contradicts that? Oh yeah, it's easy to contradict that. I mean, it, it, my entire appro- my entire <laughs> approach like contradicts that, but it's fun to me. Yeah, Evan, was it fun yesterday? It was. was I it? was fine with it. Yeah. It really was. Like right. to to me, like because I've talked to Matt about this ever since the sport of triathlon endurance sports has become more like a job to me. I now have more fun with it, which makes no sense. But yeah. Yeah. Evan, you're one of those people that that look like they have died at a finish line. Yeah. You are like completely destroyed (laughs) at a finish line. It is. This is why Cassie makes fun of me for being a finish line diva. (laughs) It's because when I hit the finish line, there's usually nothing left. And that to me is very fun. I enjoy that. So (laughs) that's awesome. That's good stuff. Um, uh, yeah, it's definitely fun. I, I mean, I can think of times where maybe it's not so fun. I mean, when you're out there in the middle of like a, a breakaway or you're at the, the last like mile or two of a time trial or a 40K time trial for that matter, and you're trying to turn yourself inside out because you're trying to beat somebody to get some LaCroix. Is, is, is that fun? LaCroix motivation. Okay. You could have turned off the engine. Those the last, 10 like, minutes miles. aren't fun, but after the finish line, you're yeah. like, gosh, dang, that was yeah. great. Yeah. There's few times that I can remember that are more enjoyable than the slow, easy ride back to the car after a race yeah. is over. And yeah. just that endorphin like, rush is unbelievable. Oh my God, that hurts so bad, but oh my God, it's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I feel so good right now. And I'm, I'm happy with the fact that I pushed that little bit extra. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. That's fun. So we've got a cool picture from us last year that um, Jack got, Jack's last name was Gosnell. Gosnell. Yeah. yeah. Um, he took and it was at the Barton Park road race. And that for me was probably the hardest road race I've ever been a part of being in that break and having to basically go solo for about an hour and 45 minutes at Ugh. threshold. So <laughs> Jeez. turn turn around and we're, we're starting to make the, the trek back after the finish and picked up a couple teammates and I was just shellacked. But it was so nice because I had uh, Ian Gibson on one side and I had Michael Myers on the other side and they both had good races as well. Michael won his uh, his age bracket and you know, I did really well and, and Ian did a great job of supporting and we were just kind of like just like taking it all in for a second but I was shellacked and I just remember that I'll, I'll never forget that picture and just I knew exactly how I felt in that sure, moment straight arm slumped overhead look or was yeah it? <laughs> a little bit and we're just riding away so it's you don't even see our, our faces but uh-huh. I, I know exactly what was being said in that moment I know exactly how I was feeling and I was just elated with the fact that I almost just died <laughs> from <laughs> trying to finish this race and, and win it was it. somehow fun. Right? Yeah. And just like enjoying that, that moment of, of suffering and how much fun that was. And that's something that I'll get to keep for the rest of my life. That mm-hmm. was fun. That was a moment that there you I'll go. never yep. forget. So even though it sucked in the yeah. moment, but it was fun. So yeah. um, what's your funnest moment, Matt? Oh, I mean, so definitely setting personal records on the track were just there, you know, I mean, you work hard towards a goal, you hit that goal, you have these breakthrough races. I mean, it's just pretty, it's pretty neat to be able to do that. Um, that's a magical feeling for sure, mm, yeah. you know, and it's probably one of the reasons that I want to go back and coach, you know, high school kids and things like that is, is you get to see these kids have breakthroughs and they all have breakthroughs all the time. Not like us. Like we yeah. have breakthroughs yeah. very sparingly or not at all. But, uh, the, you know, these kids are just, you know, they're pumped whether, you know, you break through a big, like five minutes for the mile, like you have these huge barriers. They're super cool. Absolutely fantastic to watch, you know, people, you get to see that every single year you get to see those kids go through those experiences. Yeah. 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 It's, 
Yeah, it's got that's how that's how work ethic is built. I mean, like you know, we talk about. F- I think fun. The term like fun gets a little bit misconstrued, like because Jake just described what some people would consider like medieval torture, torture. almost. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. There but, is there's something about that that Jake's right. Jake attaches a positive memory to. There's the social aspect. Clearly, I bet his heart got stronger. So there's your health benefits right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah good stuff. Um, any other fun moments from Mr. Uh, romance over here, Mr. Giggly Pants? You know, <laughs> uh, last year the 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 whole uh, short track season was just an absolute blast for me. Yeah, I yeah. just had so much fun during that race, and part of it was because we had so many teammates out there. Yeah. Um, I, I was like getting progressively better. It was a seven week, seven race series or something like that, or eight race series. Eight race series, yeah. But it just, I, I kept getting progressively better as the weeks went on. And to have all those teammates out there, and I just, I just, I, I won't forget that week. That That's mm-hmm. where you clicked. I mean, when you started back from your road from recovery yeah when you hurt your back and had your surgery and all that other fun stuff and um you know you were deconditioned and you were out of shape and you were yeah. heavy and then you got back and you started training that's where it all kind of clicked for you yeah. and you could see you getting faster every week you could see the smile getting bigger every single week and your <laughs> results got better every week and you end up winning your category yeah that was fantastic yeah, i was riding a lot of miles yeah. too a lot, a lot of miles, of miles. Yeah. <laughs> evan can you tell me how 25 hours a week of training is fun there's there's something really really satisfying to me putting together a training plan and it actually happening yeah so like just open for for example these these next two weeks i have a goal of hitting just about 30 hours each week oh jeez and a lot of intensity in both like a lot like it's not volume weeks it's going to be intensity weeks wow and is it enjoyable to look back on your weeks and be like i hit this week yeah i remember yeah being you know obsessive compulsive and writing yeah. all my miles down and you were and a just, big volume intensity guy when yeah, you were just, racing it yeah. was definitely like there's something about it where you're you know you, you you're looking at your week and you like hit that line and you're mm-hmm. like there's a hundred mile week yeah. like there's that like this this math added up mm-hmm. and that is kind of satisfying right like yeah yeah there's there's joy in that for sure mm-hmm. you know having I, a I almost enjoy the training I love racing I love yeah. competing yeah I love the building of fit, the, the, the feeling of getting fitter, the feeling of right. knowing. I know at least for me when, um, so I'll just kind of open up with, with on the bike with the crash. I really need to get my mojo back on the bike. I, I do not feel confident on the bike anymore like I have in years past. Uh-huh. Usually, no matter what race I'm in, I usually delusionally in my head think I'm the fastest guy on the bike no matter what race I get into. And I don't feel that way anymore. So in these next two weeks, I know I have to build that confidence back. Yeah. And that is exciting to me. You know, that that's fun. That's satisfying. Yeah, I can yeah. relate to that. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I still don't feel like myself. And yeah. I, mm-hmm. yesterday was a huge vote of confidence for me personally because mm-hmm. I put down a PR time. And I, yeah. I finished much better than I thought I would. I was hoping, mm-hmm. I'm like, just don't be like, you know, 40 minutes. You know, don't yeah. take that long. <laughs> and, and nothing against people that it took you 40 minutes. That's still a great accomplishment. But for me, I mean, I don't want to go yeah, from being relative to everybody, 29 yeah. and a half to 40 minutes kind of thing. And I was just mm-hmm. hoping for the best. And I had no idea where I was going to come out. And and that does give you a huge vote of confidence when yeah. you go out and you have a good performance. But I, yeah. I'm still reeling because I still don't feel like myself. But that was big. So for you, I mean, yeah. you got to go string some stuff together. And that, that should help. Yeah, string yeah. some days together. Yeah. Yeah. I got a Absolutely. question from somebody uh, watching on the live feed. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to know, would you still enjoy riding bikes if there was no element of competition? Oh, that's a really good question. 
I think we all would. We all love being out in the sun and cruising and finding that like perfectly smooth road or being out in the countryside. Like we all enjoy that experience. Yeah. Um, you just enjoy going fast. It's, you know, it's easier to make descending. the excuse that you have to go out and do it when you have a race coming up. But I mean, last year I didn't really have a big race on the calendar and I still went out and rode bikes with my friends. And still loved it. Yeah. And still had mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that question though. Cause it would take a mindset change for me. Yeah. I know it would take a big mindset change for me. Yeah. You're in a different headspace well, than, yeah, than for, us old guys. For me right now, like if they said like all racing's canceled this year, that would be really hard for me yeah. to deal with now all of a sudden. What would you do if, I, if Iron Man was like, I'd no set racing. up my own course and race it. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to know what time I'm going to do. Like yeah. that's, Evan becomes a race promoter. Yeah. <laughs> I would make my own race. Yeah. Right. It, 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 it would change things for me a little bit. Of course, I love getting out on my bike and enjoying mm-hmm. the sun and the weather and yeah. going fast. But there's always this thing in the back of my head as I'm out there riding is I need to push this section a little bit because mm-hmm. I want to I don't want to get dropped in that race. Yeah. You know, so it, it would would anybody time trial <laughs> if there was no competition? No. no, I would never go do a 30 minute set again in my life. <laughs> well, Strava. <laughs> this is true. Strava would just become like a form of competition. That's still competition. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if you take, you take Strava off and you take the race calendar yep. off, yep. would you still enjoy? So we're basically in like riding? the 1800s right now, right? Well, aren't yeah, we? I, I, we, we all I, enjoy going fast. Yeah. So there's that. It's I, just, we all enjoy getting fitter. Yeah. So, I might yeah. not um, ride my road bike nearly as much. Oh, I would bike. definitely grab a gravel bike and yeah. ride with you a or, lot or more. Or a mountain bike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I might be doing those two things way more if yeah. I was I not competing or cared about again. Strava. Yeah. The primary <laughs> reason why I got on a road bike to begin with was to get faster on the mountain bike. It wasn't because I wanted to go out and race road bikes. And, and if if there was no like racing in general, I probably would have never even gotten a road bike or I just it would just be sitting in my garage collecting cobwebs and dust yeah i'd be on my mountain bike because if i have to compare the two i think that mountain biking is more enjoyable um you don't get to see quite as much but you get to see a lot more beautiful stuff and yeah. you get to go more rural places you don't have to deal with cars running over so yeah. it's it's kind of and that was what thing. you started i mean that that was that's where i came from yeah, yeah your, your your fun and your love for the sport was developed through mountain biking. yeah yeah and then i naturally started training on the road bike and i naturally fell in love with that and mm-hmm. you know it's it's a big part of who I am now, but yeah, it's, yeah. I like that question. That was a very good question. That was from Ryan Lee, of course. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Let us um, move on to one more little quick bit here. Um, I didn't really give the guys too much direction on this, but basically I just wanted to talk about our junior development team, the Dow junior development team, which um, I think has got a lot of promise. We've got a a lot of kids already signed up to get started on this and it's going to be something I have, a sneaky suspicion. It's going to be something that's going to turn into a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got roughly 22, three God, kids an, already. That is such, an, that's an awesome number wow. right there. That really is. That's not including the five or six other kids that have already inquired about the team since yeah. we kind of made the announcement. Oh, it's going to grow. So, yeah. Basically what the team's going to be is to get more kids involved in cycling and racing their bicycles. And we're going to try and be the, the conduit to that and, mm-hmm. um, going to be running camps, going to be running clinics, going to be running training sessions, going to be working with the kids on, you know, bicycle safety, bicycle maintenance, um, training programs, nutrition, just basically everything that we know about cycling, but kind of boil it down into something that's palatable for uh, a young youth. And by youth, I mean, kids that are race age 10 and older, um, 
there might be some like pre-academy stuff that I want to roll out down the road so that we can get mm -hmm. more exposure to the kids that are in 17, that 18 and a high school sort of group. Well, or? there's that too, but I'm thinking even about the kids that are like the seven, eight, nine, ten years old that okay. are oh, pre to the junior. Exactly. They're okay. not old Got enough it. yet to start racing because we need the kids to be of a certain maturity level and they kind need like to be able to tier junior program. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So okay. just running some, some little workshops for these kids to kind of get some pre-exposure mm -hmm. um, and making sure that they're falling in love with their body bicycles um so anyhow the the kids that we're wanting to work with i think that this is going to be a pretty big program and um mm -hmm. i'm hoping because um I've, I've put a lot of time energy and effort into yeah. it that it becomes something special for the kids and it's a big part of why i built the team it's not the only reason uh, it's it's a multifaceted thing but um, we've kind of built a little bit of a war chest to help support this program to a certain degree. Um, and we're going to be trying to get as many kids out there racing. And I've got people who have already said that they're willing to volunteer their time. And there might even be some paid positions that are involved with this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's going to be a really neat program. Um, once it all kind of comes into full focus and right now we're still kind of like focusing a little bit on exactly what some of these things are going to be because we have to go out there and try them out and make sure that it's going to work. So, you know, setting up like a, a, a group ride and, and doing stuff outside on the road, yeah, that's going to take a little bit of work to make sure that those kids are safe, but um, it's going to happen. I mean, we've got to because some of these kids want to get into road racing. Um, you know, it's simple things like going to a parking lot and working on like bike handling skills. That, that part's yeah. easy, but once you get them out there on the road, that's a different beast because now you need to have people that are there to help protect the kids and making yeah. sure that they understand mm -hmm. all the rules of the roads. But, you know, doing stuff for indoor training sessions, making sure that we get them out to the races, making sure that they're doing their homework and getting them set up with like, say, a, a Zwift account to work on their fitness level. That's going to be kind of like the, the whole program and mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun. So I was just curious, do you guys have any questions? Is it going to be like a a separate team? They're a part of our team, but it's kind of like a we'll call it a subcommittee of the okay. team. So, um, okay. so they'll still if they do race, they'll still race under the dialed cycling. Oh team. yeah, 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 yeah. It's it just wouldn't be like the dialed cycling development team. Yeah, and I've I've actually maybe you guys can give me a little bit of your insight on this mm -hmm. as well. We've got the dialed cycling team, and I like it to be a global thing, and I I want to show recognition to the women on the team. I want to show recognition to sure. the juniors on the team. Mm -hmm. So when you go and you look at our team roster, it's broken out into the men's squad, the women's squad, and the junior squad. I don't want to, you know, separate people. I don't want to segregate people within the team or create these little fraction, fractioned pieces of the, the team. Um, do you think that that's a problem? Do you guys think that that's I, an issue? I actually don't think that's a problem because just like we were talking about categorization, sure, it kind of breeds that pos that um that accomplishment positivity yeah. and not getting beaten down all the time. And yeah. I mean, we know like as strong as Nels is. Like, I mean, if Nels was to go out and hammer with you and Lance every single day, like the poor kid's going to get, you know, beat yeah. up. He it, to, to have that little bit of separation so that, you know, Nels and the other really good juniors can yeah. kind of have that little competition. And then Kim on the women's side can have a little competition with those top women, too. Yeah. Is is I think I think beneficial. Yeah. So yeah. for me with the team, like I really want to celebrate everybody's accomplishments, mm -hmm. and I want to celebrate the the parts of the team that make the team special, and the fact that yeah we've got a men's team, and yes we've got a women's team, and yes we've got a juniors team, and I want to keep those all somewhat separate when you're looking at a roster. But let's say you're brand new to the area, or brand new to, mm -hmm. to racing, or whatever, and you're looking for a team. I want in in let's say you're a female. I don't want to have to have, have you scroll through and like like there's one, two. Yeah. I want you to be able to go to a section and say, oh, look at all of look these all women the that are on these teams. And mm -hmm. this is the stuff that they're doing for them. That's the reason why they're broken out. So yeah. I kind of I kind of went back and forth on that in my brain. And I'm like, 
Yeah, that's probably the best way that we need to do it. So to answer your question, Lance, it will be a part of the dialed cycling team, but this will just be the junior development junior squad. Development yeah. Mm -hmm. And and we're trying to develop them as cyclists so that they can, when they come of age, start racing in categories and hopefully be a part of racing for the rest of their life or build all win, the necessary skills. Win the Tour de France one day. Hey, there you go. This is this is what Europe's doing <laughs> that America isn't. Dialed cycling's going to produce the first yeah. American winner yeah. since Lance. <laughs> and it's not like... It, we're, we're not doing something new. It's no. it's been done a million times. We're just mm -hmm. we're just trying to put more energy and effort into yeah. it, and we want to make it special, and we want to learn from what other programs have done that have mm -hmm. been successful. So and it's a beautiful cycling region. Yeah, and there are some other junior Devo teams in the area that do mm -hmm. really well, and and I look to them and say, fantastic. You know, what are you doing that's generating success? You know, this isn't a competition about who can build a better team. We just want to get more kids out there riding their bikes, and that's important mm -hmm. to us. So, yeah, anyway, hope that answers your question. It does. Yeah. yeah. Any question, Matt? Um, age ranges for that group and then um, costs. Age ranges. Okay, so it's race age, which basically is the age that you will turn in that race calendar. So for my son, he's a perfect example. This will mm -hmm. be his first year. He is currently nine years old. Is nine the earliest you're kind of thinking? Well, he's is nine. Is what you turn that year? Exactly. Year. He will turn yeah, 10 mm -hmm. in, in June, okay. yeah. and so that makes him race age 10. If he turned 10 on December 31st, mm -hmm. still race age 10. So that's you need to be race age 10 to be on the team. Um, gotcha. And we're not going to let just every single kid come on there. They still need to display that they have a certain level of maturity. And um, if the kid doesn't know how to ride a bike, it's not to say that I don't want them on the team. It's like we need to get some of the remedial things out of the way first. You need to be able to mm -hmm. compose yourself and you need to be able to ride a bike. Um, if you don't know how to ride a bike, we will have some workshops maybe down the road where we can invite you to come out there and you know, work on some of those tips and tricks. And like Lance said earlier, when we went and did the bikes for kids, you worked with a 10 year old kid, 11 year old kid, kid, never ridden a bike, never before. ridden a bike. Before. You know, that kid would be race age appropriate for to come out race and say, I want to come out race. And then we get out there and it's like, I don't know how to ride a bike yet. Well, <laughs> we don't have the time yeah. to work with that kid just yeah. yet. So, um, and then the other, the other was costs, the cost. So the, the one, the, the part that I like in this too, is like, if you were to go out and play club soccer yep. uh, or you're, you're going to sign up one of your kids for club soccer, do you know roughly about how much that costs per year? A couple hundred bucks. It depends on if you're doing... Um, rec versus club yeah, is completely exactly. different. Oh, yeah. So if you're going to go play rec, that's just signing up for your local recreational soccer thing. Yeah. And it's a couple mm -hmm. hundred bucks and you get a uniform and a volunteer coach. Yeah. If you're going to go play club, that's a much higher you level. from a yes. couple hundred bucks to a couple thousand bucks. Maybe if yeah, you go to exactly. academy after that, it can be fair. Yeah. So like yeah. my daughter, the, the club that she plays in... Um, I want to say that they've got multiple tiers. I think mm -hmm. the lowest tier is like 900 bucks. Yep. And they, that's minimal stuff that they're doing. And they yeah. still have to buy all their uniforms gear. Yeah. And then the more competitive teams, they're paying upwards of like 1500 to $2,000 a year. Yeah. We're not charging any of those fees. No. So our... Our, our process of going out and actually procuring sponsorships and turning the team into a nonprofit entity and creating um, different channels that we can actually raise money for the supporting of our team are going to help us offset some of those things. But there will be costs. So if they want to be a part of, say, like a particular structured training program at the, the training studio, then there's going to be a fee for that. But it's going to be kind of like more of like an a la carte thing. So if you want to go to a particular workshop mm -hmm. and I that's going to have fees and people's times that are associated with it, there will be a fee for that. Um, I don't have those exact numbers at this moment. So it's kind of pay what you want, like depending on what you want to do. With yeah, but we still want to try and keep it as reasonable as we possibly can. Right. And we're still going to go out there and we're still going to try and, and do more fundraising. We're going to possibly put on an event. We are going to try and get more sponsorship dollars. And the more that we can do for 
on that front, the mm-hmm. more it's going to be able to help us offset the cost that these kids would have to pay. So yeah, let's and they just would need a kit, which is also a, correct, a decent, and that's something that our team will be offering here very soon. We have mm-hmm. juniors specific kits that they can purchase that are um, going to be grossly discounted. Okay, um, through we use Castelli, so they're they're helping us build a kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bet I might be able to convince a certain sponsor to cover those costs entirely. There you go, Lance. <laughs> so those Mr. are the kinds of things. That, those are the little wins that we're looking for. And if we can do this, we can get more kids riding bikes, and we can also reach a segment of the population that's a little bit more underprivileged and get mm-hmm. them riding bikes as well. Yes. Um, I don't want riding bikes to be something based on what your zip code is and what Mm -hmm. your parents' affluency level is. And that was the threshold that you had to meet. No, if, and, and this is another thing too, I'm working on having, as we go through money that's allocated to sponsor a certain number of kids that come Mm -hmm. from a background where it's like mom and dad, like he's, he or she has got this immense talent to be a great cyclist. We can't afford a bicycle or, mm-hmm. you know, we can't even afford like, you know, a helmet kind of yeah. thing. So what what can we do to, to get these kids taken care of? That's what we're working on. And we're we're mm-hmm. we're getting there. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> we're filling up our coffers yeah. and it's working well. And that's what yeah. we're going to put our and, money. Towards. And this is where I think your development team, Jake, is very different than what's done in other locations. I don't know that for a fact, but when you look at the affluency rate in cycling, uh, there, there's not a lot of the Lance Armstrongs coming up through it anymore. You know, somebody who comes from maybe a single parent household and yeah. definitely does not have the financial means. So what you're putting together is some really cool and special. I hope so. Where do they um, get started, by if the way? nothing else, it's going to be number one on our list. It's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, watching the, the looks on these kids' faces when they get to go out and race mm-hmm. their bicycles and just seeing kids on bikes in general. And that just takes me back to when I was a kid. I had so much fun riding my bike, and I mm-hmm. wish that I could have had some of these opportunities. Um I got to still have them in life and I want these kids to know this at a much younger age that this is a mm-hmm. fun, fun thing that you can go out and do. And it, it gets them out of harm's way. They're gonna be too freaking tired to go out there and yep. cause problems. They're gonna be <laughs> can't sell drugs with, when you're riding a bike. Yeah. You know, we just <laughs> well, that's yeah, sure. we just went through you ten reasons. Money goes towards biking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we just went through ten reasons to, to compete and, and to do that on a bicycle for a kid, mm-hmm. that's gonna I, I think it's gonna raise better kids. I yeah. honest to God think it's going to be raise better kids and yeah. not for nothing. There's this effect when the kid goes out there and starts doing this stuff and, and parents come around and they start seeing all these cool people and the mm-hmm. people that care about the stuff that are, you know, they're fit and they're having fun and yeah. they're smiling. Mm-hmm. That's infectious. They're like, I want some of that. Yeah. Give me some of that. So now we can maybe connect with a different person or someone new that would have never thought to jump on a bicycle. Yeah. And how many stories on our team, just getting into the, the health component, how many stories on our team started with, oh my God, I was a hundred pounds overweight and mm-hmm. I just started riding my right. bicycle. And here I am today, you know, insert male name, middle age, you know, weighing 180 pounds and super <laughs> right. fast. None of us sitting at this. I'm talking about other people. Yeah. It's changed their lives. Yes. Yeah. And, and let's talk about all of the, the civil war based stuff that we're looking at in society and, and kids mm-hmm. that are becoming introverted uh, millennials who are don't becoming like to suffer. And yeah, mm-hmm. these are problems. Yeah. Cycling can solve these problems, folks. Mm-hmm. So let's get kids riding bikes. And so, God God forbid they swim and run too. <laughs> then me and Matt get to hang with them and they just become even more awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and 
Evan, was your question like, like where where do the people go? What do they do? Yeah, what's their, yeah. what's if their, I'm, what's if the I'm starting 10, line? How do, do I get started? Do they go find a website somewhere sure. on the interwebs? So you can go to the Dowd Cycling Labs website or mm-hmm. Dowd Cycling. They both point to the same place. And if you go up under our Teams tab, uh, the, the top of the website, you will see... Uh, basically an option there, the junior development team. You can go on there and read a little bit more about it. And at the very bottom, there's a little form that you can fill out and shoot that over. And we will get you some more information. We will connect with you and we'll get you out there riding bikes. We're um, an orange. There you go. Yeah. There and you if go. if you're somebody somewhere else and it's just not reasonable for you to, to come connect here, look around locally. Or if you're somewhere else and you have a team or you're a part of a club and this is something that's of interest to you, I've done a lot of homework on this and I've put on a lot of time, energy, and effort and research. And I, I kind of think I have it kind of figured out, um, I'd be more than happy to share all of this information that I've put mm-hmm. together with you so that you can do the same thing. Because I think if we all just start connecting and doing this sort of stuff, challenge each other to put together cool teams like this and working with kids, even if it's here locally and it's a competing, competing team, I mean, we're competing like as athletes, but we're not competing for, for bodies. Okay. We're, we're, we're trying to put more bodies out there. Let's work together on this. Yeah. I'm all for that. Cool. Sounds yep. good. Good. All right. One last thing, Lance. One last thing. Us. Um, I wanted to talk about the Alpenrose Dairy just a little bit. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, Alpenrose Dairy is kind of the home base for our Oregon Bicycle Racing Association. And they're in danger of it being sold out from the family members who own it right now. And wow. Obra might completely lose their home base, which is where we store all that stuff. And so it's it's in the middle of a lawsuit right now. Yeah. Not and only do we store our stuff there, I mean, we've got the the velodrome there. The velodrome, yeah. velodrome. One of the only like only twenty velodromes in the United States. Yes, is there? Not a lot. Yeah. And and we have fifteen or twenty races yeah. there every year, other than the velodrome yeah, races. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so losing um, Alpenrose Dairy would be a huge blow. There's one thing that you can do uh, personally mm-hmm. to help that. There is a petition that you can sign and if you go to Oregon Bicycle Racing Association's Facebook page mm-hmm. um, the Obra Facebook page there is a link there that you can go and sign the petition that says yes we need this in our community was that was that link put it? up pretty recently this it morning. was this morning this morning okay yeah. I already signed it yep. everybody yeah. should get on there yeah yep. yep thanks for bringing that up Lance you bet yeah mm-hmm. that's a that's a tough situation so hopefully um, hopefully something good comes of that so mm-hmm. cool Evan one last thing uh, going to the other side of the world here, the WTS uh, ITU oh, yeah. series just began last weekend, and the first race was awesome. It was in Abu Dhabi, super fast sprint triathlon. And I'm just going to re- so there's there's this new British kid on the circuit. Now this is very specific to our triathlon crowd. I'm talking sure. right now, I know, but his name's Alex Yi, and he came from the British track club. So he was really brought up as this yeah. guy who was going to be potentially a British Olympian. I, actually, on this next cycle, I think he would have made it as as a 5K. He ran 14.07 off the bike, Ugh. barely losing to Mario Mola, who is the three-time champ now, I think, yeah. who ran Mar- just a... What did Mario, Mar- run? Mario ran 14 flat. Oh, my god! Anybody who's ever run a 5K flast, fast, if you were to bike 20K as hard as you can and then run a 14 flat 5K off of that, I mean that's that's amazing. Yeah, that is incredible. That speed, oh my goodness! But wow. yeah, this this Alex Yee kid is actually going to be somebody who, if he continues to develop like this in Rio, he could be he Contender. could be yeah he could be a gold medalist in, in Rio. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy fast. Yeah, Matt, one last thing. 
Um, I did, uh, I, so I'm working on a couple videos and one of them, I want to ask you guys what you think. The video topic is like how to keep up with a fast group or a group that's faster than you. Basically the concept was thought like up that. on, came up with this one when I was in California, trying to keep up with the, um, dial cycling, you know, training camp and, you know, um, the, you know, basically like the key concepts are like going to be like, you know, like draft people, like communicate really well. Like here's, you know, like what's the story? Like I'm not as fast as group. Like don't, don't take a lot of pulls in the front, like, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and then other things like, um, you know, if, you know, if the group is, is what, you know, if you catch up to the group or whatever it is, like, don't take a whole bunch of time and stop and, you know, pull out snacks or whatever, just kind of keep doing that stuff on the road, like keep pushing forward and things like that. Um, you know, my thought process of like, Hey, push ahead of the group. If you, you know, if they're breaking for some reason, I was a little bit concerned, like, okay, well that can go bad, right? Like, you know, like the group can decide to do something different or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, so I wasn't super, I'm not super confident in this video topic idea. You know, I'm not sure if it's a good one or not, but you know, I have a lot of video footage and things like that so that I can support the story or whatever it is with, um, all the video stuff that we did from California. So, um, Parts of it, I think, are okay. I'm not sure what I, I think. I think that's a good topic. I and I think that that's going to be one of those things where you're, you're never really going to truly nail it down and, and, right. and have this perfect solution. But it creates a good conversation piece, and you never right. know what comes from that. So And, and, and you know, the, the video will start off with, like, here's all these benefits to riding with a group that's faster than you. You will get faster. You will push yourself harder than you yeah. would if you're riding. But, you know, and, like, you know, we've talked all about this stuff before. Sure. Um, so, you know, I don't know. We'll see. That's the, that's the idea. Potentially this week. I don't know if I'll be able to get it out. It'll be this week or next week. So yeah, looking forward to seeing I that. I love that idea. That's okay. a good one. We'll try. My one last thing is that I'd like to congratulate my wife on doing her first like big long outdoor ride yesterday. That what? was uh, mm-hmm. pretty cool. Oh, cool. I don't know now, about this. It, it wasn't long by our standards, but mm-hmm. I don't want to take anything away from her because she rode with her friend, uh, Jenny Hamnes. Yeah. And she and Jenny rode, um, I think it was just shy of 25 miles. I can't remember what the nice. total mileage <laughs> was. Um, outside on a road bike. I mean, she's ridden outside on a mountain bike before, but all the road stuff that she's been doing has been predominantly on the trainer. Mm-hmm. So for her to go outside and to know that, like, hey, this is kind of clipped kinda in nice. and everything. Yeah, clipped in and everything. Nice. Wow. Like, yeah, she had to to do some descending and uh-huh. working on her, like general bike handling and whatnot. And um, coming back, they they rode into the east wind. <laughs> they they had that nice headwind <laughs> yeah. all the way back for about twelve miles. And it's probably good that she does some of these rides without her husband. No offense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably. It's yeah. just one of those things like being. She's got married, a nice riding partner. Yeah. You're like, yeah. you're God. married <laughs> and you should not spend time together. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was neat to see her do that and um i did get to spend a little bit of time with her kind of going through some of the basics in case there is yeah. a problem like you know here's like i helped her pack her saddlebag and showed her what each thing was and how each thing worked and mm-hmm. um you know at the end of the day too i was home just in time for her to leave and i could have played sag support if need be and right she didn't have any issues thankfully and she went out and she had fun and, nice. and i it was it was motivating for her but it was something that I was really stoked to see because she did something that, that I love yeah. and I hope fingers crossed she falls in love with it. Um, <laughs> and when she gets over this whole like triathlon mumbo jumbo that you guys <laughs> I have, I was about to say she's, yep. a, she's a step closer to triathlon now. We've almost got uh, her mad. <laughs> so w- once this year's over, she may or may not continue to do the triathlons knowing her. She'll, mm-hmm. She's in that phase right now where she's still trying to master the swim component. She's still yeah. trying to master the, yeah. the the cycling component of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sometimes for her is frustrating because she wants to master everything quickly because that's right. how she goes about her life normally. Mm-hmm. And 
sometimes it takes a little bit more and watching her limp around and being tired and fatigued and, and hungry and yeah. sometimes grumpy because <laughs> 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 of all that stuff. She understands where I'm coming from now sometimes, but um, it, it's just neat to see her go through that whole process. And yeah. I'm hoping that, um, it, you know, if she sticks with the triathlon, once she masters all of it, that, um, you know, that, that'd be good for her cause she'll still be on the bike. But if she doesn't mm-hmm. do the triathlon component, I'm hoping that at least the bike component sticks for some oh, reasons so that we yeah. can do more riding together. So. Nice. Yeah. Good job, Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congrats, Rebecca. That's awesome. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And Evan's been helping her along with her program mm-hmm. too. So thanks cool. for her, your guidance there, bud. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. That is a wrap. And this was a long one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All good uh, stuff. If you guys want to say hi to us, uh, check out all of our social media at Dial Podcast on the old Facebook or book face, as Evan would say, mm-hmm. and the Instagrams. And feel free to drop any of us an email anytime. All of us uh, get your emails if you do send them to us and any of our first names at Dial Podcast, and we'll be happy to uh, hear what you have to say. If there's something that you want us to talk about, let us know. We're pretty good about making those things happen and work out. And we've got some cool special guests coming up in the, the near future, too. So stay tuned for some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. You guys, thank you. Again, the pinnacle of my week. Yes, <laughs> definitely the highlight. Absolutely. And it's sunny outside this time. Yes. Woo. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, you guys. Have a good week. Bye for now. Bye.